to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. The bear, the bear, the bear is there. The bear it is, is here. Waking it's waking up. The bear is waking up. The bear is California, and she is waking up. She is. I, it's, I think it's not just a state thing. I think it's a nation thing. I, I, I can feel it. I'm feeling it in my bones. There's yes. Something, there's something shifting right now. Free, freedom is uh, back uh, back in style. It's getting that way. Tomorrow's going to be yeah. a great day to celebrate it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just excited about all the news stories lately. There's been win after win after win, you know, and I'm not tired of it. <laughs> Even though I've been told I, I'm going to eventually get tired of winning, but uh, not at this point. So a lot of good stuff. Hey, so welcome to another uh, show of Wake the Bear Radio uh, with Chris, Brandon, and myself, Ron. And uh, we are just right before 4th of July, and we've got a lot of great things to cover. I'm um, just really excited about that. Oh, I see the little flag there on Chris's yes. shirt. Yes, absolutely. So I'll have my red, white, and blue on tomorrow. But it's in my heart already right now. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. So what are you guys going to be doing uh, for 4th of July while we're on this subject? Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you what. 4th of July brings back a lot of memories for me. Um, two major ones. One, my grandfather used to make uh, homemade vanilla ice cream and spun out on the, you know, out on the front porch, you know, on the, on the walkway. And, and if it, wouldn't, it wasn't 4th of July unless we have that. And, uh, and then my dad would try to burn down our whole neighborhood with fireworks. That was pretty fun. <laughs> a couple, couple near misses. Um, but this year for me, I'm going to be actually going in. I'm going to be in the parade with Santa Cruz Brave and Free, a group of uh, freedom you know, truth, truth tellers and freedom warriors. And I, I took my Tahoe and I painted a huge flag on it. And then I, I bought a mount and I have a huge flag on the back of my Tahoe and I painted brave and free and wake the bear and i got a qr code on the window so people can see about our show it's going to be great i'm looking really looking forward to tomorrow oh, i'm looking awesome. forward to seeing that i mean brandon you are a legit artist so i i bet that flag is fabulous Thank you. <laughs> yes I, um my favorite uh, memory is uh, i grew up in washington dc my dad worked at the pentagon and he was an air force fighter pilot and we would we lived in Arlington, Virginia, and we would go down every fourth and sit on we called it our hill that overlooked the Washington Monument, and we'd watch with our neighbors watch the spectacular display that was underneath the Washington Monument. And I think uh, watermelon was always on the recipe on the it was on on the menu. Um, and I don't remember too many disasters with fireworks. <laughs> I still have my <laughs> eyes and all my 10 fingers. So we were kind of limited back then to sparklers. That was the big deal for us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that doing the, um, you know, I always had the legal kind California ground boom flowers. I think it was something like that. They spun. Oh, and, amazing. Yeah. That was uh, probably my favorite. That was legal. Um, you know, did some firecrackers here and there, but most of the time it was all the legal stuff. And, you know, it was weird when I was young, I would, I'd have maybe like, you know, $8 and 36 cents saved up. And then I would look at the big, they had a big paper of all the different fireworks and how much they cost. And I would do all these combinations. Like what's the best I can get with my $8 and 36 cents. And, uh, I just remember marking it. It's like, okay, if they don't have these, then I'm going to go with this plan. I don't know. I, I put way too much thought, but you know, as a kid, you know, I, I think I was like 10 years old, 11 years old. Uh, that was, that was the thing to live for. And so uh, anyway, yeah. I think one of our greatest national moments was the July 4th with president Trump and first lady Melania on Mount Rushmore. Do you remember watching that? That was an amazing speech. Yeah. Yep. Oh my goodness. I was so proud to be an American. Yeah, definitely. That was a good, uh, that was a good one. I remember that one. Hopefully they'll be doing that again. That would be nice. Yeah, That would be nice. Yeah. See that again. Absolutely. I had your, your, uh, your car picked up here. Um, but the way I, I can't show it right now, I'm going to try <laughs> to present it. 
They'll have to anyway. go to Scotts Valley and watch it in the parade tomorrow. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Force people to see it. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I, got these, I got these different tiles. Okay. So I'm going to show this car that you, you did, Brandon, because I thought it was really oh, yeah. pretty cool. So and give, uh, while you're doing that, Ron, uh, Brandon, give a plug for the Patriot Group that uh, you will be uh, moving along the parade route with. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's a, there's this group in Santa Cruz called Santa Cruz Brave and Free. Uh, they're at a braveandfreesantacruz.org. Um, they are just basically a group of people that are freedom warriors that are very um, – they're pushing back about, against, against any type of infringement, government infringement on rights. Um, they uh, hold up um, flags over the overpass. They are um, really just basically showing – um, how, you know, the, the, they're pushing back against all the plans. One of the major focuses they had, oh, there it is. One of the major focuses they focused on this last um, time that I was there was the, the there's actually Santa Cruz County has actually uh, made a decision to move to a cashless city at some point. And uh, so they're, you know, they're using various uh, programs. And so uh, people are pushing back against that. And, you know, with the movement of the change of the IMF, the Inter International Monetary Fund, and the plans of, you know, the World Economic Forum, you know, their goal is to bring in a central bank digital currency that they can control and track everybody. And so that that's the goal of the globalists. And they're and they're they're not like hiding it anymore either. You'll own nothing and be happy. You will eat less meat. I mean, their plans, they, they talk about what they're planning. And so anyways, Santa Cruz Brave and Free is fighting back against that. And, um, and it's good to just see a lot of a lot of old hippies, you know, um, people that I align I align with because of freedom. Um, I'm a Christian, so a lot of them aren't, aren't believers, but I'm like some of them are, and uh, I, I just feel like they're they're really great people, and uh, they care about freedom. And, and Jesus Jesus cares about freedom. It's for freedom's sake that Christ set us free. So I just you know I like I, I like to get around people like that and recognize that the real good news you know flows. The real gospel is that freedom fr flows from God, not from government. So. What a yeah. great example, though. And we just want to encourage people, if there are local patriot groups, because this goes out nationally, find your peeps and join them, because this is the time. This is going to be a significant summer. I don't know if you can feel it, but something is shifting. There's acceleration, lots of winds. And I think there's going to be also a lot of very uh, big challenges this summer. So find your people this summer so you can walk with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This summer, uh, I don't know. I hope it's not like uh, the summer of 2020, but, uh, you know, it seems like we're seeing a preview of that. I don't know if we want to jump onto that yet with uh, with France, well, but. Oh no, I goodness. think we should. Let's jump right in. I mean, I, I just see that what's going on right now is the deep state is doing everything they can to pull all of their last ditch efforts to try to bring about what they were going to do gradually. They were forced into hurrying up with the, you know, the 2020 election and, and the cheating on there, the bringing in, uh, you know, getting rid of Donald J Trump using COVID-19. There's just all of these deep state plans. I mean, to, to, to flood nations with um, military age men from Africa and, 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 and Arab nations, I mean, not families, but to flood them with, you know, military age men and then and then trigger it somehow at some point where and then use that that you know that um dis what do you call it the the use the the chaos to redirect where they want things to go using this excuse for you know lockdowns and control so the deep state's doing all these types of things and that's what we have going on right now uh, in France. So someone just kind of gives a brief update of what's what exactly is taking place in France. Yeah, for the last five days. So they've been rioting and there is a young, uh, young man who was killed uh, that precipitated it very much like our George Floyd uh, ignition point. And uh, basically a thousand buildings have been damaged after the people there. Many people were injured and there um, there were a lot of riot police out and businesses that were destroyed and looting. And so um, President Macron 
has now, uh, he didn't, I don't think it's an emergent, a state of emergency. I don't know if they do that in France, but he has sent out a massive police presence onto the street and they're hoping to deter it. 45,000 officers deployed across the country uh, wow. and there are over, um, there are over 600 arrests that I had heard about. Um, almost 300 cars were set on fire and 34 buildings were damaged and set ablaze. And so uh, basically there's a lot of chaos and that the tourism industry has already um, had a cancellation of 25% of hotel bookings in Paris. So obviously Paris is a big epicenter for this thing. Yeah, yeah, I was a 17-year-old boy, uh, Nahel uh, Mirzak, and he's a delivery uh, person, and he got pulled over for a traffic violation. And what the claim is, uh, at least from the officers, is that he wouldn't comply, and he started moving forward uh, with the car. And uh, the officers claim that he tried to run him over, but they were, uh, the video shows him right alongside, and they, they, I, I believe they, they reached inside and shot him point blank. Um, but of course, you know, how you, you stir up people as you get this video out, you know, it's just like what we saw with George Floyd, you know, video comes out, uh, people just get really upset. Uh, you see that in Ukraine with the color revolution, you know, they set up these new, uh, new, uh, TV stations and they covered only one side and it made it look like it was police brutality. It seems like it's the same, um, formula to create uh, disturbance and, and then you've got a population, you know, it's highly uh, Muslim, uh, but also, you know, they're, they're not from France. And, you know, I was just going over some stats. There's a, a book that was out, uh, Historical Roots of, um, of basically what happens to a country when, um, you know, there's a certain percentage reached with uh, Muslims. And, you know, we're in that, uh, you know, zero to two percent. And like, you know, United States, Australia and, and stuff like that, we're, we're really low. And so everything's, you know, peace loving and, and everything's good. The citizens, they stay in line with what the laws are. But when you move up to two to five percent, then you start getting uh, recruitments. They start creating gangs. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and you're seeing this in Denmark, Germany, United Kingdom and stuff like that, where they're just under five percent. Then when you get into over 5%, uh, France is one of those. Uh, this article says 8%. I've read 6%. Then they start saying, hey, we would like to uh, enforce you know, uh, food standards for everybody. Uh, and then they say we'd like to uh, monitor our own and control our own or, or um, you know, enforce our own laws like Sharia and all that stuff just to our own. But it, then you start getting the, uh, the friction and then they say above 10%, that's when you start seeing militant uh, issues, you know, happening. And that's actually what we're seeing. And they use Paris is already seeing, you know, car bombings in this article. Uh, and this article has been out for a little bit. So anyway, it's interesting that as the percentage rises and, and God help you when you get over, you know, 25, 30%, you start getting into Muslim countries where it's over 80% and it's like, cut their hands off, you know, uh, cut someone's lips off or wearing lipstick. I mean, it gets really, really crazy. Um, and yeah. so well, it, let's to distinguish between um, what, what we're talking about specifically is the immigration of uh, Muslim people who are in great distress from the Syrian crisis and from a lot of poverty in, in other Muslim countries. So mm -hmm. what we're not saying is that all Muslims are violent. We're just right. noticing a trend of immigrate immigrees, people who are immigrating from a place that they would call, first of all, their home, uh, and they are they are um, trying to find a promised land or a new beginning. Um, many of uh, why France was ripe. I was in Europe during the twenty summer of twenty sixteen, and I was part of. Um, uh, ministering to Muslims in their camps in Germany all summer long. We, we, it was engaged the crisis of this immigration crisis. And what we noticed in Germany, uh, the government wouldn't let anybody know where were, were these groups. And there would be groups of three or 400 housed in schools and, 
and uh, low low uh, income housing places, warehouses, uh, fields with encampments. Uh, but in France, they had more. So that it's interesting that so many of these riots were happening in, in France because many of them were trying to get, they had to physically cross borders to get to the country that they were trying to end up in. And many of them were trying to get to England and they couldn't get across the English Channel and so they, they um, were in large um, encampments on the, the border in very high poverty, uh, low food areas. And so many of them just were not able to make the final leap over to Great Britain where they might have had someone who would welcome them in, a family member, or they had a, uh, a sponsor in Great Britain. So France has an unusual number of uh, refugees in them, and they do have uh, a lot of unrest, and they have for the last six or seven years. Yeah, well, wow. the, the the study shows percentage and what you see. It's it's pretty much it's it's like scientific as far as you know. These countries have this percentage. This is what you get. And yeah, you're right. Not not all Muslims are are bad or anything like that. But when you get a large percentage, the bad ones are there because they have followers they can create things and you know even in just being indifferent to things saying well these are my people i know that a lot of them might be doing stuff that i don't agree with but i'm not going to say anything i'm not going to stand up against it you know and all of a sudden you have a, a segment of the population uh you know that's not standing up against it and so um i don't know it's it you know france i think if you look at their history uh it, it's kind of they're ripe for it you're right you know Mm -hmm. And they're trying to lead the way and saying, you need to fill your country. And, and the scriptures talk about being very careful. You know, when you allow somebody from the outside and they are from the outside, they are a different culture. They come from a different country. When you allow them, they're supposed to ad adopt your laws, your God. I mean, that's what the, the, the Bible is saying. That's what God was saying to his people saying, hey, don't do that. Otherwise, you'll become the tail. They'll become the head. You'll be ruled. Mm -hmm. And so there is plenty of warnings about that. Welcome people in, but you got to. And that's how the founding of this country was, right? People learned the language. They assimilated, assimilated. And, and, and many times they even pushed away their own traditions to become, quote, American. And but now when you get such a high amount of people from the outside, they're like, well, we don't want to lose our culture at all. In fact, we disagree with your your uh, you know, that's how we have like Ilmar Omar or whatever, you know, she you know uh, obama had seventy thousand um, somalis come in well they voted her in she hates the constitution she hates a lot of stuff that completely mm -hmm. against uh what we stand for but she got to power because a large segment and many of those people are probably very good people and very thankful to be here but you know they naturally want a representative and you get the enemy comes in and says this is going to be a representative so well i, th I think that's one of the devil i think it's one of the things that makes america amazing is that um in any other country you come in and you're never really um you never really own the country you never when you, you come in you, you, if you're in you know switzerland people come from other places they're never really become swiss whereas in america as a, as a true melting pot in that if you uh pick up our values uh, our constitution our declaration of independence our value system which is based on god which is based on a you know um, the, the freedom that god gives you immediately become an American. That's like right. you, you're, you take the oath of being American. You, you, you become, so that's, what's beautiful. And, and to me, that's a picture of the gospel is that no matter where you come from, no matter what your background is, no matter, you know, what your family was like or what country you came from, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you be, you are saved and you're, you become, you, you become part of the family. You become part of the kingdom of God. And some people, you know, lots, many religions out there don't give you that. And a lot of them are ethnic religions and you, you can never become fully that, you know. So I, that's one of the things I love about America is that people come here. And if you pick up our values system, then you're, you're well, we consider you brother. We consider you sister. We consider you family. So that, that's that's a big deal. And so that's what, what they're facing. You know, they're facing that not being done well. And, of course, we're seeing that happen, too. I mean, the southern border. Um, the beautiful thing about the southern border is that many of the people coming from uh, various um, uh, 
various countries, Hispanic cultures, there are, are de devoutly Catholic. So there's a, there is a alignment of values there um, with a lot of ours. But the problem is, is that it's becoming a leaking sieve and people are coming from China, people are coming from Africa, people are yeah. coming from the Middle East through that. And so we are also having unmitigated migrancy of military age males, which that is what the Obama, I mean, the Obama, the Obama Biden administration is attempting to do. That's part of the globalist plan is to flood a country with people who cannot assimilate. And then therefore they end up becoming revolting and destroying. Yeah, and that. You, you see ahead. that right now, even today, um, the, the fires and the rioting, it spread to Belgium. And the report was that it was at Arab and African immigrants who were, um, of fighting age, you know, the male immigrants that were starting these riots. It wasn't families of Muslims at all, but it has moved to Belgium uh, right next door to France. And so we need to be praying for Europe right now that that, that agenda of a color re revolution does not go forward like it did in Ukraine. And I don't know if you all heard, but in August of... Um, Last year, Netflix released a trailer for a film called Athena, which it just yeah. so happened to depict a civil war in France uh, that began with the shooting death of an uh, African immigrant. And it was at the hands of a, the police, of all things. Isn't that coincidental? story. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Netflix. Then, it's like The Simpsons. They're predicting the future. Uh, yeah. Predictive programming. Well, and then, so these are all globalist plans, right? And and we know that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords laughs. The Bible says in Psalm 2 that he scoffs at the nations. Why do the nations rail? Why did the kings of the earth take their stand against the Lord and against his anointed? The Lord in heaven laughs. He scoffs at them. So we know that, God, that the enemy's plans will be thwarted and God's plans will come go forward. So I, I just want to take a moment, just pray for praying for Europe. Father, we ask you for France that you would... Quell the fires there. You would stop the um, mm -hmm. the violence in Jesus' name, and you would bring about Christ followers to come out and befriend and behold and love and and stop those and those who are provocateurs and those who are being paid to be provocateurs. We pray that they would be exposed and they would stop. They would feel ashamed of their what they're doing, and they would they would they would turn and repent. And pray that in Jesus' name, Amen. 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 So well, France there's. Is France is not the only one. You've got Canada on fire, right, as well. What's going on with that? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I was looking at uh, footage from satellites, and they're saying, you know, they show they show this area, no clouds, no, you know, thunderstorms or lightning storms, and all of a sudden, spontaneously, everywhere, fires start. And it's like yep. – how did they start? It's very obvious that something was wrong. I mean, you don't have just this combustion out of nowhere. And so you have literally what hundreds of fires just starting all over. It's like popcorn. Um, very, very interesting. And so they've been burning for a while. They're not putting some of them out. Their excuse is that they're in very remote areas and just either not worth it or too hard to get to. Uh, for one reason or another, they're le letting some of them burn uh, without trying to put them out um there's been a report for over a week now that everyone's smelling a plastic smell mm -hmm. and they're getting concerned there's like man this does not smell like a forest fire this smells really toxic and so there's concern so people did some uh some samples and, and did some analysis on there and they found that there's formaldehyde and i think the other one is bromine um and so I know it starts with the B. I'm pretty sure it's bromine. That's what they found in the the smoke, and so that's very concerning. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's to run scrimmage for all those people that took the jab, and they say, "Well, you were exposed to a highly toxic cloud for a month or two, you know, or if it's uh, running some other scrimmage. I don't know what's behind it, but what I do know is it started um, not naturally. There's no way it started naturally, and somebody's behind it. And so um, that's very concerning. Wow. So, yeah, there there was a DOD whistleblower that came out uh, and she was stating that it was an operation called Operation Code Red and uh, that it was to lock down people voluntarily, kind of like 
the COVID response, it was in many places, it was voluntary. Uh, in New York City, and to propagate the global warming uh, narrative, but I think everyone can see that uh, you know, as as a career firefighter, I know what um, wildland fires have. A, their their fire looks a certain color, and it is not red, and it is not that orangey uh, smoke color. So I think people are are really catching on, but. Um, the Nova Scotia police, they said that at least three of these fires were arson. So uh, it's not like they were accidental. And we uh, we in our area had what are called the CZU fires here in this area. And we had a phenomenon the day that our fires started. It was very unusual along the ridge line of Highway 85 in Santa Cruz and Santa Clara, San Mateo County on the border there were spontaneous lightning strikes, but many, uh, they looked, some of the pictures looked like energized weapons. Some of the lightning strikes were not going down um, uh, vertically, they were going horizontally. And uh, there were pictures of um, dozens of strikes at the same time. So uh, it, it may have been a, a natural phenomenon, but in all the years that I've lived in Santa Cruz, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. So I'm wondering, you know, was this a, an energized weaponry that was used to start these fires? Yeah, technology's there. Mm -hmm. We do know that. Uh, you know, uh, if you go to geoengineeringwatch.org, uh, Dane does a lot of coverage on that sort of stuff. So anyone's interested in that. Yeah, geoengineering. Yeah, watch.org it's a, it's amazing that um how many people still just don't even have any idea that these this technology exists or that it's being used and the government's obviously not telling us about it so they're spraying stuff in the air and they're i mean these are things like you can go and watch videos and they're and they're actually on at the sites where they create oh we're making clouds we're creating weather we're using we're seeding the cloud like this is technology has been around forever and but but we see, you know, like you see a nice, beautiful blue day and, and you'll see grid patterns out here in Santa Cruz all over the South County and up, up north as well. And you're like, what the heck happened? Like all of a sudden there's now cloud coverage. And it's like and it's it's not, you know, chem, tra you know, contrails. Trails. Yeah. yeah, it's not vapor trails that disappear in a minute or two. It's like they last for like 50 minutes and then they dissipate and become a cloud cover. So. So the question yeah. is, is what are they spraying on us? You know, who agreed to allow the government to spray stuff, chemicals in the air on us? You know, I, I mean, I'm okay with maybe thinking that maybe it's a good thing, but I, 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 where's the time where they actually voted that we, as a people said, we're okay with them doing it. And that's, that's, that's gotta be dealt with. So. Yeah. And where's the, the air reading of what's being being placed in not just the sky, but onto the earth where we we grow our supposed organic, you know, what's going on to our or organic produce and into our water that we're drinking. Uh, and yeah. many of these places are in the mountainous areas where there are wildlands. And so we, we know that uh, there have been boron and zinc increases that have been seen in uh, the trees. Uh, when they've taken some sampling. So there are lots of things that I think we get, we should have answers to. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to fight it when you, a plane goes and it lands at a military base and you can't follow it to its landing. Uh, you know, you can only see it from afar. Um, you know, there's a movie called the dimming uh, that, uh, that is, was put on by the uh, uh, geo watch geoengineeringwatch.org the dimming that's a great movie it covers a lot of stuff i would advise everyone to see that just so you really know what we're capable of it goes through the history they show planes following these planes making these chemtrails and they'll stick out you know the test sample out the window gather it and they have a machine and they stick it right in there and they analyze it right there and they're like this is what it is you know so there's no denying uh you know they got laboratories following uh, flying right through those anyway yes so that's what's going on in canada so a lot of uh fires there so france on fire okay. canada's on fire well you know um you know it's also some good stuff happening uh president trump uh, held a rally in south carolina there's what forty thousand people showed up or is that more maybe more 
Uh, 50, um, almost 55,000. Almost 55,000 people showed up. Um, it was a great rally. I got to watch parts parts of it. Um, just, you know, Trump just being his old self, but he is the, he's a fighter. I mean, he is, he is not going anywhere. And all of the attempts to, to get him out of there have not worked. And people still come from all over the place. I mean, can you imagine one rally where Biden got 10,000 10, people even to show up? Right. I mean, let alone 55,000. Like, but I didn't have any rallies like that. And so it's pretty clear that, you know, I think it's just becoming, that's one of the things I'm excited about is I think there's, we're about to hit a tipping point where the amount of people in America realized that we actually hit it the other day. They did a poll and it said that uh, more than half of Americans polled do not believe Biden got 81 million votes. So, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, if you follow the comms, which I believe they're real, that's what has to shift is they the American people have to see that this is an illegitimate government, an illegitimate president, an illegitimate philosophy ruling our nation. And once it hits a certain place, then I believe I do believe a reveal is going to happen. But this this took place in South Carolina. I just got a little clip here um, that I want to show. And and interesting, Donald Trump brought on Lindsey Graham. And he got booed. He got yeah. booed. Yeah, it, people know better. Thank y'all for coming. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank y'all. <laughs> Thank you all for coming. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you. And he just kept, he <laughs> keeps going on and on. Thank you. Thank you. And they're just booing the heck. And they're calling him a warmonger and they're calling him a traitor. And President Trump had to get up and go, hey, right now, you know, this Lindsey Graham was one of the first people that, you know, endorsed me as a candidate, you know, da, da. and it, I don't know where Lindsey's at, but this guy, you know, I've seen him flip and flop and flip and flop back and forth on almost every issue. And then I've seen videos of him and John McCain in Ukraine yep. talking to Ukraine soldiers saying, we're going to back you when this war happens. Like they're preparing, like they're, they're actually, you know, actually seeding a war, you know, and he's, you know, he is part of that was the gang of eight. Or I don't I can't remember what he was part of, but it was a group of people that were just full on, you know, part of the military industrial complex. So. I think he's a rhino personally. I mean, there's, I, you know, I was proud of him when he fought for Brett Kavanaugh, you know, that was a passionate speech and I, I like him for that. Uh, the, the thing is, is I think Trump is brilliant by bringing him on because Trump looks good, right? Didn't look like he was pointing the finger, but the people right. booed and basically the whole world saw, you know, what people think of him. And so I think that's good uh, how he did that. I think it, he yeah. probably in his brilliance set it up. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Have, he here's set the, it here's Go ahead. He set it up with a a poem. You know, he he referred to uh, the snake poem, which he likes to call it the snake poem. And uh, with with Lindsay had just gone off the the stage, but he was there listening. And in the poem, of course, it's a frozen snake a lady finds and takes home and warms up and gives it warm milk and honey. And uh, then she goes to work and it comes back and it's been totally revived. And uh, it, uh, she gives it a big hug. It, it bites her. It's venomous and it kills her. And as she's dying, she said, why did you do this? And, he, and the snake said, well, you knew I was a snake the whole time. And he was right. obviously referring to uh, open borders and other. Um, you can use that for a lot of references. Right. But it was very impactful uh, what he did. Um, I just wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be want to be in the same room with Lindsey Graham or turn my back on him. I just do not have a very good feeling about him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, and, and I, I do think it was I think that, you know, you have to let you can't you can't tell the people you got to show them. And I think people are starting to see Lindsey Graham. And so he's like, here, here's President Trump. and He looks great. Lindsey Graham doesn't look so good. So basically, here's the, the here's the full on MAGA leader, and here is the Rhino leader, and it's like one's getting booed and, and one's not. You know, one's being cheered on. So that I think that you're right. I think that there was like a masterful p- plan shown to the deep state and to the world that 
that the rhino, the rhino as it is, the rhino, you know, uh, agenda is not working and it won't win. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting when he came up to read that poem as Lindsey Graham's walking off. Uh, he says, how many of you want to hear the snake poem? And uh, everybody cheered. <laughs> and he said, how many don't? And nobody said a word. And so he pulls out this paper and, and he's about to read it. He goes, well, I really don't need to read it because I have a brilliant mind. <laughs> and he went on with the poem. And I thought it was an interesting contrast to our present resident. Yeah. 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 I'm just reading his book, Art of the Deal. Some people say he's got a photographic memory and one other type of memory. It's just like he can see things and put things together and just remember. Like he'll remember people's names all the time you know way down the pole workers and he'll know them by name how's your family doing you know and he he uh when he sees people they're the only person in the room that's how he treats them he doesn't you know it doesn't say yeah yeah and, and he's looking at the cameras he he'll look right in and and really focus in and so yeah he's he's a brilliant guy um you know the more i'm learning about him the more i'm impressed yeah, I yeah. just I just think I think we're at a place right now where the witchcraft is breaking off the the mind control through the through the media the you know the six mega corporations that are captured and controlled that control most of the 90% of media in America I I don't I don't think the normal average person believes the media anymore like it's that they're finally getting talked out of it and we've seen all the numbers crash so I just I just think that we're really close to full um just a full disclosure of what's been going on in this country with the deep state and you know and that's just a really great i think we're really close and then i i do think that sound of freedom i, mean, I want to shift shift to this for a second sound of freedom is killing it at the box office i mean we're doing a showing on thursday and both shows that we're going to be doing a, a watch party with and, and are almost sold out and yeah. they're, and they're opening up they're opening up new ones they're opening up new so People are going to see this movie. They're taking the advice of Jim Caviezel and Mel Gibson and Tim Ballard and saying, go see this film. And it is smashing all expectations. And the, th the thing is, is even if the movie didn't get shown, it already made money in its pre sales. Like it made $2 million, even made money, not just like not grossed it, but it made money um, 2 million already. So angel studios is already stoked about it, but now it's just going off. And I just think, this is one of the major puzzle pieces that people have to see to, to shift their minds from the mind, mind control that's been going on. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, Brandon, tell us about you were, when we had a broadcast last week, you were going to go the next day. That would have been Tuesday to Sacramento to see a documentary on uh, the underground railroad. What, what was that? And what was it like? Okay. Yeah. So I saw a thing called triple take. And the reason they call it triple take is that um, Tim Ballard and his team um, set up a, 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 a trap for a, a bunch of traffickers and they set up a trap to rescue a bunch of kids out of slave, out of sex trade and being exploited in slavery. And um, so they did it in three cities at once and in Colombia. And so that's the major component of the movie sound of freedom. It's one of the major um, traps they do. In fact, it's, there's a beautiful sound of freedom scene that you just got to see when you see sound of freedom, you'll see, but it's when, when there's a, there, there's a deliverance that happens for some of these kids and the, there's just a moment in the movie. It's just beautiful. But in triple take that I saw in Sacramento, it's actually Tim Ballard um, giving a documentary. He's talking about his family. He said, he said, this is what we had to do. And this is how I would talk to people to actually get them to tell me, you know about what they do and then they would reveal all the, the stuff that they're doing and then <clears throat> it was a fantastic film i mean he, one of the things that tim ballard said that was hard is going undercover you had to pretend to be a pedophile and pedophiles would show you stuff that he'd just make you want to vomit he said it just mess with your mind because he had to pretend like he was a pedophile to get them to speak and to uh, um, show them you know to to, to trap them but uh, anyway, so it was a it was the the documentary of that. There's um it's one of the three three city um, entrapments that they did in the pet. They freed 133 kids in that you know in that um, bus. Uh, 
yeah, that bust. Great. That's the word I'm looking for. And, the, and, and, um, and it's, it's part of the movie. It's one of the major busts in the movie. So it, yeah, it's really good. Wow. Yeah. More and more it's, it, you know, it did real well. And, and what was interesting was uh, Indiana Jones who it's up against did not do so well. Um, you know, wow. I mean, I thought for nostalgia stake, people would have seen, you know, and spent the money, but, you know, I think no matter what happens, what uh, the mainstream entertainment is putting out, it's just not getting the interest. I think people want something with depth and soul to it, you know, yeah, not just another spinoff. I'm sad. sure Indiana Jones would be an interesting movie. You know, I, I liked all the, the previous ones. Uh, you know, interesting note of uh, history. The, the PG-13 came about because of the Temple of Doom. Mm -hmm. uh, before it was just PG and then it jumped to R. And that movie where they ripped the guy's heart out, you know, Kali Mara yeah, and all that stuff, that. that was the straw where people said, you got to have something in between. This is not a yeah. PG. And, and so that one was the one that created uh, PG-13. Interesting. Just a well, trivia. Well, Tim, Tim Ballard's movie is a PG-13 movie, by the way. It's, um, it's not super graphic, um, but the subject matter is, you know, the subject matter is heavy. But so they rated it PG-13 as well. So. It was yeah. good. I mean, it was, I, I had lower expectations only because, you know, in the past I thought this thing, I was on the edge of my seat. It was definitely uh, a Hallmark quality, not a Hallmark. I'm sorry. It was not a Hallmark quality movie. It was a top notch action movie. I was just I like, I mean, I think I, I left almost like sweaty, almost just like I was, it was so intense. It was good. Uh, I like those type of movies, you know, top gun was like that, you know, and, and, uh, this one definitely is up there. Yeah. And so I would just want to encourage listeners who think, oh, I don't want to have to look at that. Um, this is the time to put your big boy pants or big girl pants on and uh, just pray uh, protection of your mind. Go in there and see it because it is time for us to have our eyes wide open. If these things, and they are, are really happening in front of our noses, we need to not just know about it, but be um, able to talk about it and educate other people about it. Jim Cabezal, one of the reasons that he's so uh, loud about what um, he's, he's talking on a lot of shows right now is that he said that uh, when he went on uh, one of the busts with um, the the actual person he was portraying that it changed him he said that it really changed him and he saw that the three letter agencies were not telling the truth about child tra trafficking and that he wanted some way to have them wake up so he's out there campaigning for children right now and saying it's time for us as americans to take responsibility and wake up to what is happening around us. And I noticed Trump, he, um, he truthed out on Truth Social after Jim Caviezel uh, stated that, um, that, that seeing crimes against children had changed him. And Trump said, um, got to do something about these missing children that are grabbed by the perverts. Too many incidences. It's time for fast trials and it's time for the death penalty. And I mean, that's very sobering. But these are not um, G-rated uh, uh, things that are happening to our children in front of our noses. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, and, and, and people do need to see this because this isn't a small little thing on the side. I mean, we had talked about the Callan Georgescu, who was the former executive director of the United Nations and the president of the Club of Rome. This is very high up. And he said that there's not a, you know, a single president, prime minister, or a chancellor that is not controlled by oligarchs and the way they control them is all through pedophilia. He said there was one exception that was Donald Trump and that was an accident. They said they were not expecting him to be into power. He was the only exception. So it affects. And then he said that there were 8 million children a year missing. That is uh, the size of Austria. He said, and he says, that's how much this is a huge, huge. Wow. And you know, if you've ever had a child, if you could just, Take a minute and picture somebody stealing that child when he was he or she was, you know, a very small four to ten years old. What would you feel like if you never saw it again? I mean, what would your life 
feel like the gut wrenching every night, the begging, God, please help find that child. Eight million of these things happen every year. Think about the the p- parents, probably over ten million parents. Mm-hmm. Go through that every year. The worst possible gut feel you could feel. You'd want to give your own life before your own child. And think about how many people are going through that. So, yes, you do need to see it and you need to be involved in this. We need to stop this. This is evil. And 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 it's not just a little thing. This is huge. So well, and, you I, know, and it goes it, it goes back to the, that conversation and, and that even that video that you made, Ron, about the um the union soldier uh, whose back was shredded by the whips and they showed a photograph of him and, and it was um that photograph that galvanized the north against it. They 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 yeah, the north didn't like slavery, but they tolerated it. But when they actually were forced to look at it with no look at this, this is what's going when they were forced to look at it and see it, it, it brought a guttural response, emotional response. No, we need to stop this. And that, I believe, is what's happening in our nation right now. And that's what's it's going to it's part of the Great Awakening. It's a major puzzle puzzle piece for the Great Awakening. Yeah. And I so, just want to make a, a statement before we moved on. Uh, if you are a person who is struggling with pornography, that is a form of human trafficking. Every picture that is taken, and this is not to shame you, but there is freedom from pornography. And if you ask the Lord to, to set you free and you sever, repent from it, first of all, and break all attachments with the, that spirit of perversion and exploitation and uh, come to God and say, I am tired of this and I want to break free. He will set you free and you put the blood of Jesus against that spirit and you ask him to uproot that iniquitous root from your life. He will do it. Just know that um, you're not alone. Somebody out there, there are millions and millions and millions and millions. Many of them are pastors and uh, they're men and women. So it's not just men, but there is freedom from this spirit. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's Amen. powerful. Amen. I agree. Break free. Yes. Well, the next uh, topic, what do you want to talk about? The Supreme Court? That was, well, uh, uh, yeah, the Supreme, uh, that was some big wins right there. I don't think if Hillary yeah. Clinton were president in 2016, we would have saw the la- what happened this last couple of weeks. And of course, with Roe v. Wade, I mean, come on, this. This is a, a momentous Supreme Court would make you major good decisions. Um, yes. So what happened? Well, I think today's the one year anniversary of the Roe v. Wade uh, turnover. I thought I heard that today. Uh, no, I think ago. it was in June, wasn't it? It was in June. Yeah. And we're at but, July 3rd today. Today's July 3rd. I'm a little so slow. We're still, about I'm a, a year. Yeah, we'll give it to uh, that was good. But yeah, this this last week was really good, too. I mean, one of them was um, giving people not forcing people to go against their conscience. And, and the example was that there's somebody, uh, a lady did web designs and she was approached by, I think, an LGBT group and they wanted her to, to, to work for them and design a web yeah. uh, page. And she didn't want to do it. And so that that went all the way up. And it wasn't that she was burning crosses in their uh, yard and trying to harm them. She just didn't want to go against her conscience. Uh, very similar to the guy who didn't want to bake a cake. Mm-hmm. It's not that he didn't want to sell sweets to these people, but he did not want to do a cake that specifically uh, was celebrating something that was against his belief system. And I mm-hmm. thought that was a very great victory. I thought it was common sense, uh, you know, and, and but yet some people were still upset about it. But anyway, that was a great, great yeah. victory. That was one of them. Huge win. And uh, so whoever wants to it was that business owners have the right to refuse to work on projects that conflict with their personal values. Yeah. yeah. Yay, God. We all can Yay, God. It. Yeah. Freedom of speech. The first, the first amendment to the United States Constitution. You, don't, you cannot compel people to speak something they do not believe or do not want to say. Yeah. And the other one, which I think Martin Luther King Jr. would be very happy about, um, is uh, the affirmative action for college uh, entrances. You know, you know, you start getting in a quota system, and we have to have a certain amount of this, certain amount of that. And and I understand the background 
what they're trying to say is, well, these people had it harder in life or whatever, and they start building up this narrative, which some of it is true. Um, but, but at the same time, that's also a, a message saying you're not really as smart as this race or this group. And as a result, we got to give you a break. So you can get B's on your test, but these people have to get A's on their test to have the same equal thing. And that's not a good message uh, because it's not true. Uh, I think everybody has uh, the ability, um, you know, it's been God given. And so, so anyway, affirmative action struck down. And I knew someone personally that, that did not get in somewhere because of that, that, you know, she was the wrong color. And, uh, and, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. said, I have a dream, right. And that people would not be judged by the color Mm -hmm. of their skin, but by the content of their character. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you, uh, Brenton. Um, you know, by the content of their character. And I think that's exactly what needs to be done. Is that a a long road for some groups? Maybe. But I think ultimately it would be uh, better to have it that way only because, um, you know, people will rise to the occasion if they're given the opportunity. Uh, But if you keep on telling them that they're not or they they can be, you know, half a person or three-fifths of a person, right, uh, to get in, um, that's, that's not a good message. And it's not fair to those that, that put in their whole, I mean, it's the whole thing like the swimming, right. With Leah Thomas, that guy, uh, pretending to be a lady, you know, uh, here you have, uh, Riley Gaines who does everything she can to the top of her ability. She's really the top in, in women's thing. And then all of a sudden someone else comes along and they treat it unfair. Uh, you know, maybe that's not exactly the same, but you know, it, it's not yeah. a fair uh, it should just be all, everything equal. And um, mm-hmm. and so for college entrance, I think it's going to be equal now. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, what I loved about it is um, Chief Justice John Roberts has been very quiet uh, the last few years on giving uh, briefs and his arguments. I think he has been under tremendous pressure. And I think his life has been threatened quite a bit. But he said, he argued that students should be treated not as a group or the ethnicity, but as individuals and not as part of a collective group or a race. And instead, they should be focusing on people's merits, obviously, especially with the universities. Um, And in doing so, uh, they've really not... Uh, looked at the how they've overcome challenges, they've built skills and the lessons that they've learned. They've looked at their color. And uh, I just was so proud of him. He, he's so articulate. And who voted with him was uh, Clarence Thomas, uh, Sam Alito, Neil Gorshik, and Brett Kavanaugh and Amy uh, Comey Barrett. So we know that they are the conservative judges that uh, what four of them were brought on by um, President Trump? Mm. Yeah, I mean, think about that. You know, here's you know, who who would have thought that we would get these three justices in there that would actually um, strike down Roe v. Wade, end affirmative action, make free reaffirm free speech. I mean, just I mean, basically just constitutionalists. That's what. We, we've always needed as our judges is they just interpret the constitution clearly and that's their job and not to not to be judicial you know doing judicial works uh, where they're trying to be an activist and change you know change things in our work in our nation they're, they're just supposed to say are these laws constitutional or not and and they struck those down and said those aren't so that's yeah. good and i love the fact that um chief justice um uh, that that he is a black man, and uh, it need John Roberts needed to um, he needed to, it, it just gave power to his statement. Yeah, yeah, it did. So uh, that was a good good uh, good week uh, in, in that area. Really happy about that. So, well, um, so a couple other things going on. Yeah, I, 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 uh, you know, we, we always surf the net and, and when things pop out, we either do a bear pause on it or, or we bring it to the show. One popped out to me last week. That was just really, um, it just struck me. It was about, uh, the Amish, uh, and, and the COVID. So I, I just want to show this to you because I think you'll get a kick out of it. I know neither of you have seen this. So let me, uh, let me just go with that real quick. 
uh, here we go. Let me. Uh... Let's talk about the Amish. Yesterday, I drove to Lancaster County. I drove to Amish country. I drove from house to house to house. I actually went to the house of a relative of Gideon King. He's the one person, the only known person in the Amish community who supposedly died from COVID that I'm aware of. Now, they say there may be up to five people in Lancaster County who died from COVID, but I was unable to get the names of five people. I offered $2,500 reward on Twitter. Hey, give me the names of more than five people in Lancaster County who died from COVID. Not a single person was able to name more than one person. They all named Gideon King. One guy. So I talked to the, I, I actually went to the house of Sam King, who's a, a relative of, of Gideon King, and I talked to Sam. He doesn't know if Gideon actually died from COVID or not. They die, he died in the hospital. They think it was COVID, but maybe he died from the COVID hospital protocols. Okay, so you look at the Amish. I did the calculation. Let's say there were five Amish people because people say, I, I think there were maybe a few or, or maybe there were five Amish people. But you know, and then I asked them, okay, can you name them? And nobody can name them. But let's say that we could name them. And there were five Amish people who died. That means the Amish died at a rate 90 times lower than the infection fatality rate of the United States of America. The Amish died at 90 times lower rate from COVID than America, than the rest of America. Now, how is that possible? It's possible because the Amish aren't vaccinated and because the Amish didn't follow a single guideline of the CDC. <laughs> they did not lock down. They did not mask. They did not social distance. They did not vaccinate. And there were no mandates in the Amish community to get vaccinated. They basically ignored every single guideline that the CDC gave us. Ignoring those guidelines meant a death rate 90 times lower than the rest of America. So you talk about taking guidance from the WHO. Why don't we copy what works? In fact, wouldn't it be great to say in the next pandemic that Pennsylvania will take guidance from the Amish instead of the WHO <laughs> and you will be much, much better off. Oh my gosh. That yeah. is so good. Wow. Yeah, you know, and it it you know what came to my mind was Romans one. Uh, Romans one talks about where they did not uh, retain the knowledge of God, and He gave them over to a deprived mind, and they became fools. It says they became fools, and they were wise in their own eyes, but they became fools. And I think about you know the uh, Bill Gates and all these people with the who traveling all over the world. And, and, you know, everyone goes, oh, these people are amazing and stuff like that. And yet, what did they really produce? And these Amish, these oh, simple simpletons, you know, simple folk, they just trust God, which we don't believe in God. Well, where did they come out? They came out way ahead. And, and so, you know, God uses the foolish things of man to do his wisdom. And so I think that was a, a, a great example. These people didn't miss a beat in their lives. They didn't walk <laughs> in fear. They didn't do any of those things, and look what happened. Uh, you know, did you see different. the meme? Did you see the meme where the guy comes out and he's talking to the Amish guy? He's like, "No, so how yeah. come you guys didn't die like everybody else?" And he says, "Uh, we don't have TV." TV, yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> oh, I love this car. They weren't brainwashed. They weren't brainwashed. They weren't brainwashed. The Amish weren't brainwashed, and they they didn't do. And it's amazing, but the what the people who are paid millions of dollars a year to be experts out at failed to do the Amish were able to do because they yeah. believe in God and they people they just lost their businesses. God. They got arrested. Uh, 
and then you know the whole death by hospital you know let's put them on a ventilator let's just paralyze the body yeah. and get them on a ventilator your friend that's right yeah. Hey, that that was so good. Hey, I just want to make a correction because I had I called uh, Chief Justice John Roberts Black, and I was in my head I was thinking Clarice Thomas, and I was Clarice thinking, Thomas. Wait a, wait a minute, that he's not the Chief Justice. So I I want to apologize. Uh, Chief John, Justice John Roberts is not black, as clearly you showed the right picture, and uh, I I apologize. I I was thinking of Clarence Thomas, and so. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Stand corrected so that I, I don't uh, I don't lose all credibility. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's That's good that well, we own up to it, you know. Yeah. So anyway, good week, I think. And, uh, you know, with that, actually, I'm going to stop that. I think we should talk a little bit more about the fourth before we, we call it a night. Okay. There's Clarence. There's Clarence Thomas. Yeah, um, I well. love I love that man. I mean, he went through a lot just to become a chief justice um, and a justice. I mean, he he went through. Oh, gosh. I just remember I was much younger when he went in and boy, he was under the grill. I mean, Democrats especially were just really after him. And Biden himself was very, you know, there's yeah. some really interesting. So it's kind of payback time yeah. in some ways. There's a video, there's a, there's a movie about his life and um, they interview him and they said, what was it like being asked questions by Joe Biden and others? Democrats? He's like, I was, you have to stand there and, and you have to pay attention and listen diligently to people who do not know what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, Biden was, and, and, and I was thinking, I said, what is he, what is he even talking about? He's asking me questions and, and uh, it's, it was all for show, and it was just to try to make try to make themselves themselves look good. And Clarence is like, you know, this guy's a constitutional lawyer, and he knows he knows his stuff, you know. Yeah, absolutely, he does. Well, you know, as we uh, as we close up, just talking about the fourth, you know, the celebration that we're going to be celebrating tomorrow. You know, I know that a lot of people say their country is great and they love their country and it, no matter what country it is. But I really do believe that it is special in God's eyes. I think there's a specific calling, you know, no other country was built solely on uh, the foundation of Christ. I mean, you know, yeah. we had pilgrims that came and they wanted a freedom to, uh, to serve God and to worship him. And, and they, they risked life and limb to get out there. You know, that's an amazing start uh, of any country. And that, this is the country that did it. I, you know, without going into detail today, um, you know, I believe it's a fulfillment of much, uh, scriptures, uh, many promises, you know, I believe it's, uh, Manasseh. Manasseh is one of the tribes that was promised. He would be a great and mighty nation. Um, mm. you know, and so when you say you're a great and mighty nation, do you look at just one that's a little bit bigger than the neighboring ones? Or do you look at a great, like the greatest and mightiest nation? in history, uh, you know, and his brother Ephraim was promised uh, he would be a multitude of nations or a commonwealth of nations. And so I look at who, is, who would be the best fulfillment of that one, you know, and they both had um, um, backgrounds, Israelitish backgrounds. If you follow the Scythians, uh, you know, the, the, the Assyrians took those 10 northern tribes and they took them in to the exact area the Scythians came out of. And yeah, the Germans, the the English, the the Scandinavians. And speaking of Scandinavians, that's uh, you know uh, George Washington, the father of this country. You know he's uh, fifty one. His his great grandfather or his grandfather was fifty one generations away from Odin. You know, and they came from the Scythians. And um, and so anyway, you know, so even the the father of the country has that background. And I could go on and on fulfillment to 1776, yeah. but we won't do that on this one. But Listen to this. Special- this, is, this is here's something that this is, you know, Samuel Adams, who was considered the father of the American Revolution, Samuel uh, Adams. He said the right to freedom being the gift of the almighty, the right to freedom being the gift of the almighty. The rights of the colonists as Christians may be best understood by reading and carefully studying the institutions of the great lawgiver and the head of the Christian church, which are to be found clearly written and promulgated in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So yes. here is John, you know, Sammy Adams, you know, 
you know, John Adams as well, who was a, you know, was a second president of the United States. He, he also gives, you know, complete focus that, that this deliverance will be celebrated forever. He actually says the second president of the United States says this, the second day of July, 1776, because it was the second day that they decided to actually sign the constitution. It was the, the, uh, the fourth, it was when it was actually um, signed. But this is what it says. The second day will be the most memorable epoch in the history of America to be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn <laughs> acts of devotion, solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty from one end of the continent to the other and from this time and for, for and forever forward forevermore. So we are celebrating 1776, both the Jan July 2nd, when they decided to adopt the, you know, the Declaration of Independence, and then when they signed it on the July 4th. So happy Independence Day, happy Deliverance Day, uh, men and women of this nation, children of all ages. We are waking up this nation, and it's good to be Woo! with you. Amen. That's a good Amen. closer there, Brandon. Good closer. Well, we'll see you again. The Bear Radio on KSCO, 1080 on your AM dial. Oh.